Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. You know, do you find yourself roaming around trying to figure out what life is about, how you can be more happy, you know, how you can avoid doing the things that you don't like to do? Well, the bottom line is that I've got two guests joining us here today that have a phenomenal book, The Nine Rooms of Happiness. Loving Yourself, Finding Your Purpose, and Getting Over Life's Little Imperfections. Lucy Denzinger joining us here today, and Dr. Catherine Berndorf as well. They have sat down, both Lucy and Catherine have put this book together, and more importantly, have created an opening for all of us to understand which room we're in and what that means. So these two individuals are joining us here today. We're going to share their story, but more importantly, you're going to get a chance to figure out where you are and what your life is about. Now, let me just say a little bit about each of them. You know, Lucy, of course, uh, for many of you, if you don't know, has been editor-in-chief of Self Magazine for eight years. And during that time, she helped grow the well-being and lifestyle title to in a completely amazing, are you ready, 6.5 million people. But more importantly, she also directs all the content on self.com and beyond. And so how does someone like Lucy connect with someone like Dr. Catherine, contributing editor to Self Magazine, a clinical associate professor of psychiatry? How do these two folks come together to sit down and decide to write a book about the nine rooms of happiness? Well, you're going to hear about that from each of them today. Wow. Welcome to the Dr. Pacho. Thank you both for joining us today. Well, thanks for having us. This is Lucy Thank here. You. Okay. So, Lucy, Catherine, um, yeah. what I want to do is, is I want to start by asking a simple question. In, in the scheme of things and the way the universe sort of aligns things, did you ever think that, Lucy, you'd be connecting with Catherine to buy, write a book that challenges people to figure out what room they're in. Well, it's funny. I, I wanted a happiness expert at Self. We had a trainer and a nutritionist and a doctor and beauty experts and all these different experts. And I said, you know, you can be everything you want to be on the outside, but if you're not happy inside, then it's all for nothing. So we went out to find the best happiness expert for women and all roads led to Catherine, who is at, who was the founder of the Payne Whitney Women's Mental Health Center here in Manhattan. And I happened to be watching the Today Show, and she popped up, and it was just amazing. So we brought her into the magazine, and she started writing a column about how to be happier in all the little ways that bring us down. And she and I started talking about how it isn't the biggies, you know, the the disasters that really can steal your happiness over a lifetime. It's the little things day to day. And for me, that was, you know, the last 10 pounds or a fight with a girlfriend or, you know, not getting along with somebody who I love. And so I kept saying to her, you know, I feel like this is the big topic. And, and in fact, that's, you know, what she says she sees in her practice. Right. Well, I love this. Catherine, I mean, it's kind of like you both have like these had this aha moment about this. Is that true? Yeah, it was a real coming together of our minds. And when we, we started to talk about this, when Lucy approached me about writing a book, I thought, huh, 
everything you're saying is stuff I see every day in my practice. And it was like, you know, how do I help? Let's think about ways that I help people organize their lives because the little stuff does bring you down and it's hard to organize it and to put it into different spheres so that you can think about and conceptualize things in a more kind of bite-sized way. And that's the way we began to grow this concept of a house with different rooms of a house equating with the rooms or areas of a woman's emotional life. So it's really a and metaphorical house. People always say, I don't live in nine rooms. It's like, well, none of us do. This is the emotional inner life that we're talking about. So the bedroom corresponds to romance and sex and the bathroom to well-being or the flaws you might see in the mirror, the number on the scale. And the kids' mm-hmm. room is parenting and whether you want to have kids. Right. Um, the living, living room, room is for yeah, go ahead. For friends and for social life. And, you know, if a friend's mad at you, why does that bring you down? And and the office is where you pay the bills or you try and have a career or you try and balance your life. Um, and the basement, my favorite place, particularly as a psychiatrist, is, you know, your past. It represents, again, in New York, we don't have basements, but in, in your metaphoric house, which is what we're talking about, this is the, the, these are your past memories, those things that really consciously or unconsciously define you. They're the things that, the, the way you see life is really through your past. And so the addict is also an area of future expectation and family, ex- you know, what does the family want from you? What are they thinking you should or could do with your life? And we came up with these different areas and not everybody has these same nine rooms. Neither Lucy nor I have nine actual rooms, but these were spaces in, in our lives that we agreed upon were pretty universal. Well, you know, this is really cool because you ask us to figure out what room you're in. Let's take a minute to talk about uh, what you refer to as your emotional house and what that means in the context of the nine rooms. Uh, Lucy, you want to go ahead with that? Well, what I was going to say, too, is, like, for me, if I would be having a fight or an ongoing snippy relationship with my brother, I would say, okay, my mess of the day is he makes me feel bad that, you know, I did something or didn't do something for the family. And so I'm in the family room. The family room is like your nearest and dearest. And those are the people who, you know, you can be barefoot around and, you know, kind of sit on the couch and, and eat chips with. That's not your living room. These are like your nearest and dearest too. you can yell at. And they still have to love you. And that to me was always something that was problematic. And so I said to Catherine, like, I feel like it's related to my basement or it's related to um, stress eating. I used to eat at night and ruminate about all the things I was, you know, upset over. And what happened to me in writing the book was I started to work with Catherine on strategies to get through some of the messes in these rooms. And these strategies were so helpful that I stopped stress eating and I lost 25 pounds in uh, over a year. And it was really because I didn't even realize I was eating emotionally because I'm so fit and healthy. Otherwise that I realized that if you use the right strategies to solve your problems, you stop asking, you know, what, what should I eat? And you start, you start to say, what's eating me? Mm -hmm. The rooms are very, very connected, as you can see. Lucy, I love when Lucy describes, you know, in her emotional house, she would be walking around with her scale thinking, ugh, you know, how do I look? You know, it was like she was lugging it everywhere, and I don't mean to tell your story for you, Lucy, but it was so profound to me to hear that, that, you know, she'd be in her emotional living room, i.e., her social life, out at a party or somewhere else, and I hear this from patients, and all they could think about was, do I look fat in this dress? You know, or... 
you know, how's my hair? I'm having a terrible hair day, but I should be enjoying myself at this party. I eat, you know, again, your emotional living room. And it was really hard because rooms started to leak into other rooms. And again, this idea of the house created this really useful strategy to think, to create partitions in your mind where you could say, oh, this needs to go there. And when I'm in my family room with my family, I want to be with them. I want to be present in that moment. I don't want to be dragging something else from room to room. A good example of that was I would go to work after squabbling with my, you know, then maybe seven-year-old daughter about what she was going to wear, how she was going to do her hair for school, and we'd have this big fight, and she'd be late for school, and I'd get to work, and I'd want to just think, ah, you know, I'm having this really frustrating day. But instead, I would close the the door. I'd say, okay, I can't deal with that right now. I want to deal with work, and I'd have a really great day at the office and do really productive things, and meetings would stay on track. And I'd come home, I'd say, oh, my God, I had the best day at the office. And I'd turn to my daughter and say, I'm really sorry about our fight. She'd look at me like, perplexed like what fight i don't remember a fight <laughs> and i realized you know women are so multitasking we're good at seeing across a broad spectrum of topics sometimes we need to learn to close the door walk away come back later when you can clean up that space when you've got the right time and and has space for it oh believe me i know this i had a little meeting this morning with the team and i you know like i had folks multitasking and you know every <laughs> once in a while you'll say Hey, what do you have to offer on that? And they'll be like, okay, who? <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, you, you both have done such a phenomenal job. Here's the thing that I really, you know, loved in the book. And, and boy, that's why we do an hour on a book like this, because there's so much to talk to you both about. <laughs> but, you, you know, the, one of the things you talk about are the key processes, and I want to I talk about those. But the, the eye-opener for me was on a couple of these, the little pearls that you write about them. One of the, the pearls that you wrote about the Venn diagram and Venn diagramming is we don't complete each other. We overlap. But, boy, that really takes the wind out of that sign for, that, 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 uh, that Jerry McGuire. Jerry McGuire. Well, we, we like to say that, okay, if you're not happy, you're probably stuck in a pattern of behavior that's either self-destructive or, you know, perpetuating an emotional trap that you need to get out of. So we give you these key processes, which is basically our word for new strategy, a new approach. And once we give you that new strategy, one of which you just brought up is the Venn diagram, where you take two circles, and let's say you do this with your, your fingers and your thumbs, you take two circles and you overlap them. Each person comes to a relationship as a whole circle, and the overlap is the relationship. Now, I'm going to let Catherine explain how this works, because in her practice, she sees a lot of women who feel like they should right. be merged or they should be completed by their partner. Well, there's this idea, right, that, that you know, you're not, it, somehow we're not everything. And, and that's true. But but conceptually, we really are whole people ourselves. It's not like, you know, you breathe in and the other person breathes out. You have to breathe both <laughs> in out to complete a breath. And so I'll draw circles sometimes on a piece of paper for patients and say, I know you may not feel this way and that's what our work is. But we have to help you define yourself and experience yourself as a whole person. Because let's say something happened to that other person. You're not half a circle. The other person is the rest of that circle. Then you're completely dependent on them. That, you know, wherever they go, you have to go. Whatever they like, you have to like. It's a, it's a merger, as Lucy just 
said. And that can happen in relationships. People think that good relationships are those relationships where you're one in the same, where you complete right. the other person. That and gets back to the question of a soulmate, which we talk about yeah. in terms of yeah, this well, story. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back, because there's so much to talk to both of you about. Uh, the, the nine rooms of happiness, loving yourself, finding your purpose, and getting over life's little imperfections. You know, those little imperfections. You ever have a splinter in your finger? You know how little splinters are? You know how annoying they are? Wow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. Do your emotions stop you from experiencing lasting prosperity and joy? Learn to rise above your emotional ceiling with expert guidance from certified life coach Sharon Roy. Sharon's techniques have helped clients worldwide to succeed happily, and now she wants to share this gift with you. For a limited time, Sharon is offering a free 45-minute emotional breakthrough session that could change your life. Call 401 401- 588-1799 that's 401-588-1799 or visit succeedhappily.com to claim your free session that's succeedhappily.com Bella Spark Productions is proud to announce the third annual Extraordinary People Lecture Series in Seattle. Join us for three extraordinary men and one amazing lady. Presenting Shirley MacLaine in a rare public appearance. Plus, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Reverend Carlton Pearson, and Robert Holden. Go to bellaspark.com for dates and information. Don't miss this opportunity to be inspired. Visit bellaspark.com. Want to prosper by using good timing to work in harmony with the universe? Each year, show host Madeline Gerwick provides a new good timing guide so you can know the best times for all your important activities. To order the new 2011 good timing guide, just go to askmadeline.com. That's A-S-K-M-A-D-E-L-I-N-E.com and click on the Polaris store or call 877-524-8300 to get your 2011 Good Timing Guide today. Remember, for our dogs and cats to live long and happy lives, just like people, they are what they eat. Wellness carefully selects wholesome ingredients to create food you can trust to provide the foundation of your pet's well-being. True wellness means every ingredient has a purpose in every recipe they make. You can trust the quality of all ingredients in wellness from their source to your pet's bowl. Visit wellnesspetfood.com to find a pet specialty retailer near you. Wellness Natural Food for Pets. This is where true wellness begins. Hi, this is Anna Luque, author of The Yogurt Diet. Based on scientific research, this lifestyle has been carefully formulated to promote weight loss and boost the immune system. The Yogurt Diet will help you achieve overall balance and radiant health, even if you suffer from lactose and gluten intolerance, yeast infections, digestive problems, and more. Consuming yogurt daily is an excellent way to optimum health and ideal weight. And the yogurt I recommend is Greek God's Greek Yogurt. So thick and creamy. Greek God's yogurt is simply yogurtlicious. Greek God's yogurt is full of probiotic bacteria, good for overall health. And it's made with all natural ingredients in the same tradition. Yogurt has been made in Greece for centuries. Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's kefir cheese spread. Great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy. Go Greek. Experience the myth. back 
everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Hey, for more information about us, go to drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. I'm going to give you some websites here in a minute. But we'd like to give away three copies of the book. Mr. Benny's just going to grab your name and make it happen. And if you have questions, just give it to him. But in the meantime, we want to make sure that three of you receive a copy of uh, this incredible new book, The Nine Rooms of Happiness. Our toll-free number, like most of you know it is, is 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. Well, thank you both for joining us here today. Before we kind of get into, wow, a couple of different questions about relationships, could you all take a moment to give out websites so folks know how to find out more about you and find out more about the book? Well, we have a really fun interactive website where you can go enter a mess of the day and we'll even clean it up or some other people <laughs> can help clean it up. It's called NineRooms.com. You spell out the word nine, so it's N-I-N-E, rooms.com. And both Catherine and I um, go in there regularly and you can discuss your problems at every room. You can print out a little house um, diagram and fill out, you know, what room means the most to you right now. It's really fun. It is very fun. And once you all go to the website, NineRooms.com, many of you already have done this um, based on the newsletter we sent out. You're going to be able to have a blast with this. First of all, thank you both for joining us here on the show. Um, you know, I, I kind of alluded to the don't, you know, we don't complete each other um, a comment that was or a soundbite from um, right. sort of the movie Jerry Maguire. But, you know, let's talk about relationships for for a minute because we really are not on our own planet. You know, we have relationships every time we turn around. And right. I'm, I'm interested in how that plays out in, in, the, in, the, in the metaphor that you've created. Well, I think Catherine should speak to the, the relationship equation because it's pretty much changed my life and pretty much everybody else I know who's read The Nine Rooms of Happiness. So the relationship equation was her brainchild. She should really tell you about it. Catherine, go yeah. for it. I'm happy to tell you about it. I, you know, I, it's funny because until I was talking to Lucy about it, it was just something I did in my practice. So it yeah. was really helpful to have a collaborator because together, you know, we could put it on paper when otherwise I was just using it in my practice, which is very helpful. And I think my patients found it useful, but we, um, you know, came up with a name for it. And what it is basically is this idea that you can't, you can't, you can only change yourself. And we all know that, but I, I often will say to patients, it's a very easy equation. A plus B equals C. If you're A, B is the other person or other thing you're in a relationship with. And C is the outcome. If you, if you change A, C changes, so A becomes A prime, and then, you know, B can stay the same. The other person is not going to change. You cannot make them change, but C will be affected. So the example, easy example, and I remember always telling Lucy this long ago, I said to her, you know, a patient just walked into my office and said, my mother's driving me insane, and I, you know, and, I, and they, they feel miserable about it, and they feel like their life is never going to get better and everything's you know, terrible, but, you know, I have a smile on my face because I'm sitting across from them saying, well, you know what? We can actually help you. Why? Because we can't do anything about your mother if she's B, but you're A and I, you're here. You want help. You want to be different. You want the outcome of your relationship with her to be different. The problem is you're focusing on her and we need to focus on you, but you're here. So we can do that. So it's very hopeful. And I think that patients really felt empowered and like the idea that, you mean I can change this crap, you know, this dynamic that's been going on like this forever when, in fact, you know, I'm not going to change her. But I, if I do something for myself, how I react, how I hear things, how I respond, that will actually change the outcome. 
of the relationship for both of you, even though she didn't budge. Does that make it's sense? fascinating. It really is. It's fascinating that you, you approach it that way. I mean, it's a simple equation, but yet it has some very deep roots, which you, you both talk about in the book. I mean, right. we talk about, you talk about the fact that, you know, some of our past may, may sort of show up on any given day. Right. I love this. This is what we call screening. Oh, you screen your memories in your brain like movies um, in the mental you know, projector that you have playing all the time. And actually, Freud came up with the term screen memories. And what he meant was you filter your events of today through childhood memories that were significant enough that you remember them. Out of the millions of things that happened to you, only a couple of things, a handful of things are so memorable that they become these kind of technicolor images in your brain. So we're filtering through those images and it could be the coach who said, you'll never be an athlete. And, you know, maybe you were not picked for your team in seventh grade. And so you go off and you start running marathons to just show them. You don't even realize that today's marathon is all about that 12 year old experience, you know? So when you're in your basement, you have all these scrapbooks and yearbooks and trophies and memories and things that happened when you were a kid. And we say, okay, you can go down there to the basement. You can really revisit these screen memories in a very effective way. We call it re-metabolizing that experience by doing something today that kind of makes sense of it. Um, for me, like, I was always scared of sharks and jaws, and they made jaws on the vineyard, and I used to go to Martha's Vineyard, and I was just terrified of swimming in the open water. And then I saw dolphins, and it was a way of kind of understanding that fins are not always sharks, that things are not always out to get me, that I don't have to be paranoid. And I started getting less fearful. And that led me to be really um, happy swimming in the ocean and swimming in the open water. So you can get out of the basement. You can get back to the rest of your house, your life, and really enjoy a fearless life if you understand where it's all coming from. So the basement is really important. And you have to go down there and deal with those memories and then get back out of the basement. Yeah, don't hang, you know, don't hang up a shingle down there, right? Right, right, right. People can do that, yeah. You know, you don't want to be putting a, a sign up on the door that says, this is Pat's basement. <laughs> now, we say live, you know, in the present. You know, now is it. Now is what you got. Right, and sometimes when in the relationship equation, you know, someone will be stuck when they're A and they're in there saying, but I always say to my mother this, or, you know, I've always done things that way. It'll be because of something from their past, and that's how they've always related. So like Lucy said, you take a quick trip down to the basement, try and identify what the problem is back then, and then think about it as an adult. Because the truth is, is memories we have as kids, you know, things that get seared in our brain, are, are those memories we had when we were that age. But we're older now. And when you look back at it, it's not like you're rewriting history, but you are, as Lucy said, re-metabolizing it. You're able to see it with a very different perspective, and, and it, it looks different. It absolutely looks different so that you can come back to the relationship you're struggling in and say, gee, I'm not that kid anymore. I don't have to relate to mom that way. I'm not the 12-year-old, the impet you know, the petulant or, you know, whatever, that, that kid that I used to be. I'm like a real adult here, and I can relate in a new way. But you, you don't always know that. Or, you know, it's sometimes really important that you identify what's happening in order to go forward. Wow. I want to thank you both for joining us here today. But what I want to do is give you an opportunity to share a personal message. At the end of the book, you, you ask this question or you basically say, how do you live life to the fullest? Our theme on this show is living life full out. 
And so I would love to have each of you address that question from what you've learned personally in writing the book and sharing a personal message with our listeners today. And thank you both for joining us on the show. Okay, I guess mine would be that you should be fearless and get out that emotional house, get outside yourself and go out into the world and um, make a difference. You know, one of the things I love is the title, The Audacity of Hope, which was Obama's um, title of his book. I'd say be audacious. Think to yourself, you know, not like how dare I try something or other, but how dare I not try it? Uh So that's, that's my challenge to women is get out there and do something that you didn't think you could do and then go do it. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I would say, to add to that, which I totally agree with Lucy, I would add to that the idea of taking care of yourself, that a lot of women don't feel like they deserve to take care of themselves. They think it's selfish when, in fact, it's really self-preserving. Again, one of our strategies, you can't help anyone else. You're no good to anyone else if you're so depleted and you can't replenish yourself. So that, that... I really hope that we empower women to say, you know, it's okay. Not only is it okay, you have to, you must take care of yourself and find time to replenish and, and, and feel good and build your stores back up. Then you can help other people, but it really is so important for you. It's not selfish. It's self-preservation. And that, I think, gets missed a lot by women. Wow. Thank you both so much. Thank you for thank having you, us. Thank you for joining us here today. All right, I hope you will come back. Maybe we can do a whole hour. Thank you both. We'd love it. Thanks, Dr. Okay. Matt. All right, everyone. Well, you've heard it here. You know, let's check it out. The Nine Rooms of Happiness. More importantly, remember, you do get to live life full out. We'll see you next time on the show.